This is Kitchen Table Spirituality, your weekly devotional. I'm here with a man who won't pay 14% on everything he earns, but he'll pay 20% on everything he earns because he just loves giving that much. Pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts, Charlie Eastman. And this is a special day because I get to be in the presence of Pastor Jonathan Malone, who still pays taxes but doesn't have an official position on it that he's willing to share with me. Uh, He is First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Yeah, taxes. Taxes, yeah. Taxes. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not as again as a lot of people are, but I am married to a tax attorney, so that could be why. That, yeah, I'm actually pro. I was actually so I was playing poker with with my kids the other other night, and uh-huh. one of them ran out of chips completely, and I told the rest of them I'm like, "All right, everyone, give him five chips. This is how taxes work. You have some, he has none, so you got to take what you have and give it to him." Hmm. Is that how taxes work? I think that's more how how um, an, an anarchist commune works. But. So how are things going at Pilgrim Congregational Church? <laughs> they're, they're really fine and dandy. Uh, we are getting ready for Confirmation Sunday, also known as mm. Pentecost. So we've got Pentecost plans in our worship, and we've got confirmands uh, mm. at 9 yeah. a.m. At our, at our streaming service. Uh, we're going to be hosting the families of the confirmands and them and select other few because, unfortunately, we have to yeah. still limit. I know the yep. world is in the process of opening up, but we're, we're getting there. We're working yeah, on it. you are. And the logistics of it are challenging. So, uh, But mm-hmm. Confirmation Sunday comes anyway, and we're That's really great. grateful for it. Can I ask, do so, you um, at, at Pilgrim Congregational Church, do you do for the confirmands, do you get the tattoos during the service or after? Oh, the prison tats, the the, the well, they're on the back that. that has their scripture verse on it and all oh, that. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's we're gonna. Those are scheduled after. They, that, actually, okay. I hope they're not listening to this because they're not supposed supposed to be a surprise. Oh, oh, um, geez, and then that afternoon, a number of us, including me, are going to celebrate with uh, the First Congregational Church of West Boylston, hmm. who are installing Reverend Julie Cedrone, who is a former associate pastor here right. at Pilgrim Church. And now she's just a couple towns away, and we're grateful that she's back uh, around. She's a great colleague, and I can't wait to celebrate her installation. Oh, that's great. So that'll be at 3 p.m. that day as well. We're ramping up for our backpacks program. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got, uh, gosh, there's uh, so much going on. We've got trivia night on Friday. Sign up if you get the email. Um, Our welcome planning team is busy working on our welcome process. It's, It's been a... It's a busy season right now. I'm grateful. That's fantastic. How about how about East Greenwich? East Greenwich, yeah. Um, so in East Greenwich, things are things are also going well. We had a lovely uh, Ascension Sunday and and our pledge Sunday Oot. last Sunday, and we already been That's getting right. some pledges. But please go ahead and send those in. Uh, and hmm. thank you. Do you have those. a particular program you use for pledging? Is there a we have a, a system or a book? How do you? We have an individual who's part of the congregation who has done this professionally. And, oh, uh, so Reverend Nancy Forstum, uh, she does it just a fantastic oh, job and, and has nice. been helping and, and working with our generosity committee mm-hmm. to keep that going. So that's so this year Wonderful. it's go do and be the church. Uh, so um, so thank you for, for your pledges and such. Uh, next Sunday is Pentecost, as, as Charlie mentioned, and uh, we're just going to have our usual Pentecost celebrations. Make sure to wear your Pentecost red. And, mm-hmm. and keep an eye out for uh, guest appearance during the service mm-hmm. from the Pentecost mascot, St. Inferno, the Pentecost gorilla. 
he may make Satanferno. The Pentecost Gorilla. You, okay. you, I mean, uh, Charlie, I don't know. Did you grow up with uh, Saint Inferno? I mean, maybe in the Baptist Church, no. So no, I, you know, some no. people grew up with Santa Claus, and others the Easter Bunny, yep. and and some have also also grew up with Saint Inferno, the Pentecost Gorilla. He right. leaves little coconuts for the stuff with goodies for the little boys and girls that are, that were good. East East Greenwich is a special and magical place. It really? Well, he may show up at the service this Sunday. Just keep an eye out oh, for lovely. him. Oh, lovely. Youth group is meeting that evening as well. We're going to have a Pentecost party. We'll have Pentecost food, uh, play Pentecost games. What does that mean? Burned or what? <laughs> I'm, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> okay. Anything like spicy it. and or red? Sometimes church programs come together live yeah. on yeah. Kitchen Table Spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> and then look, just looking ahead... <laughs> It's so true. I want to remind folks, on June 5th, we are having the Malone Family Recital. Uh, June 5th at 1 o'clock. We're going to live stream it on our Facebook page as well, but it'll be a lot of fun. June 6th is our first outdoor service, our Children's Day service, and that'll be at Goddard Park at 10 o'clock, followed by a picnic. And Mm. the last announcement I have is on June 13th is our annual meeting after church that Sunday. Uh, so mm-hmm. we need people to be there either in person or on Zoom. We need a quorum, but even more importantly, we just need to have your input uh, as we talk about how the church was and what we're going to be doing in the next year, budget stuff, all that all that fun stuff. Right on. Oh, Busy season for you as well. It now is. tell me, yeah. does does First Baptist in each Greenwich get quiet at summertime? Uh, the church might a little bit. I don't, but yeah, I think the okay. church... Does. Oh, good! It's your turn to have a phone ring in the middle of I know, the podcast. I know, but that was—that's not—that's an office phone. I can't do anything about that. We ignore that phone. Oh, well, you sound like an office in 2021. Yeah, that's right. It's just the, the phone rings into the void. Phone talk. Who does that anymore? I know. Ugh. I like. You know what I prefer, Charlie? Are those what pa- do you prefer? The pauses between the rings. Hmm. The space in which the silence lingers, creating wow. the moment. For the phone like, to interject. It's like poetry, it's like isn't poetry. it? Poetry. Ah. Segway. Nicely I, done. I thank you. Thank you. I, I, Today we did rehearse that a lot for folks. We to did. We uh, that to, was. No. Yeah, Charlie wrote the script. Uh, and T- today we are discussing. Uh, we are sitting with an old friend of mine. Yeah, this is a new one for me. A new friend. A new friend of Jonathan's, and her name is Mary Oliver. And I wish we could be sitting with her, but mm. sadly, uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm not sure she would have enjoyed this format. <laughs> Mary <laughs> Oliver passed away. What are you talking January about? January seventeenth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. No, I don't mean our particular presentation oh, of the format, but oh, okay. I don't know if she was a fan of podcasts or not. Anyway, um, she uh, she lived in Provincetown for many years, yeah. which is where I saw her once. Oh, wow. Uh, felt very lucky about that. Um, she eventually moved down to Florida before she passed. Mm. But she was born in 1935 mm-hmm. in Ohio. Um, she lived in New York. She went to Ohio State and Vassar College. Mm-hmm. Not degreed, though. Okay. Um, and I love sharing that tidbit about Mary Oliver because... Um, a lot of us at certain points in our lives think that the letters after our names are very important to our process. And Mary Oliver is just one of those who says, nope, yeah. <laughs> go ahead yeah. and write dozens of books of poetry. Yeah. Doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter at all. I mean, she wrote not only poems, but book-length poems. Yeah. Um, very prose. talented author and prose. Um, she's the kind of poet that just captures moments so well. Furthermore, for two ministers and for anyone of the Christian faith, she she was someone who interacted with God and Christ regularly in yeah. her poetry. And yeah. So her work has found it into my worship many, many times. And I love, I've used her poetry uh, for our closing prayers sometimes. And I often bring her to meditation groups because she gives you so much to ruminate on in her simple poetry. I, so and and for me so you you've uh, Charlie you have a background in 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 theater you've you've really delved into a lot of poetry I see you as someone who is is well versed in poetry and very comfortable <laughs> get I, it well versed sorry I wish I did that on purpose I stands on the shoulders of giants John <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry yeah, I on the other hand I I've never seen myself I I don't see myself as someone who is uh, really has has a good handle on poetry. I've I've hmm. I've tried to read a lot. I feel like I've read a, a decent amount, but it's still it's not the place I go to when I say this is the work, the genre of writing that I enjoy the most. Hmm. Although I have a deep appreciation for it, uh, so this is still very new for me. Um, this is the first time I know I've read some Mary Oliver here and there when others have interjected her into worship settings, and I've always said this isn't scripture. Why are we reading this? <laughs> uh, Why indeed? This is the first. This is the first book of her writing that I've picked up. Um, it's the first time I've really um, just sat with uh, with her writing. And and I'm going to tell you. And I said this before we started recording, but I think it's it's worth saying. I think I found a new hiking partner. I, mm. I, I think her poems just fit well. The be, taken along on a hike, um, I, you know, taking a break by a stream or on a, a summit and just reading one poem. I wouldn't read a bunch and just sitting with it. Mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. I, I'm taken by, by her poetry. It's fantastic. Absolutely I'm fantastic. Glad. I, I hope others will have that experience as we move along. Yeah. And folks, if you're interested in following along for the next two weeks, the actual book that we are interacting with is called Thirst. Mm. One word. Thirst, Poems by Mary Oliver. Uh, in paperback format, it is a slim volume published by the Beacon Press, and it was published in 2006, yeah. is this particular one. Um, she dedicates this book to Molly Malone Cook, her longtime partner. Yeah. Um, Molly was born in 1925 and passed in 2005. They were together for years mm. and years and years. Um, so this, this was a special one. Um, I will also uh, kind of give away the uh, the punchline for me in, mm. in that I came to this book. I've known Mary Oliver's work. I have many volumes of her collected poetry. But this particular book, published in this form, I didn't know until my Aunt Cynthia chose the eponymous poem Thirst for her memorial service and told me that she wanted it read there. And I mm. fell in love with that poem yeah. and then this book by extension. So I'll, we'll get to that next week. Yeah. Something yeah, we can't talk to. about that poem today. No, verboten. Yeah. Oops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is verboten allowed? Uh, Jonathan, did you select a poem that you wanted to focus I, on for I today? Because we're aware that with this book, there yeah. are many poems and we don't want to yeah. spin boy, out of time. Yeah, every one I, I just sat with like, oh, that's good. And I, I like that one. I mean, so, and some spoke to me <laughs> in different ways than others. And it, yeah. it also made just where I am and all that. But the one I want to just look at today, it's on page 13, if you're following along. Okay. It's called Making the House Ready for the Lord. 
Mm. And, and um, perhaps would it be helpful if I just read it and then... Yes, very helpful. And then we can kind of, I can share my... Actually, it would probably be more helpful if we read it together, each taking a word and alternated. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you just read it. Are you sure? I... <laughs> okay. Making the house ready for the Lord. Dear Lord, I have swept and I have washed, but still nothing is as shining as it should be for you. Under the sink, for example, is an uproar of mice. It is the season of their many children. What shall I do? And under the eaves and through the walls the squirrels have gnawed their ragged entrances. But it is the season when they needed shelter, so what shall I do? And the raccoon limps into the kitchen and opens the cupboard while the dog snores and the cat hugs the pillow. What shall I do? Beautiful is the new snow falling in the yard and the fox who is staring boldly up the path to the door. And still I believe you will come, Lord. You will when I speak to the fox, the sparrow, the lost dog, the shivering sea goose. Know that really I am speaking to you whenever I say as I do all morning and afternoon, come in, come in. Wonderful. I think Mary Oliver would have loved to hear the the finches tweeting outside your window while you read that poem. Oh yeah, they. they it's have. coming through the recording. It's oh, gorgeous. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> you just it. Tra- I was transported to the the cabin or the house wherever this is. Yeah. So here's what I love about this. And, and first, author's intent. We don't need to worry about what did what did Mary Oliver intend when she wrote it. That it's what did it speak to me? Mm-hmm. I have this picture of not just the pastor but the deacons getting a church ready Sunday morning mm. and mm. trying to make sure everything is just right. And then the children run <laughs> in luck. and make a mess, or someone stops by and says, "Hey, I need to talk to the pastor. I need some help." There's a neighbor across the street who is always a little standoffish and the weather is not just right or maybe it's too good. Um, all of these other things start to, to kind of happen that make what is, you think might be a perfectly arranged sanctuary less than perfect. Mm. And that's what it's supposed to look like. Mm. It's, I, I mean, at the, that's immediately where my mind went. Is like, this is church. I love that. There's a There's a... Neil Young album called Ragged Glory. Hmm. And that phrase, Ragged Glory, I feel pertains both to Mary Oliver's house that she's trying to make ready for the Lord, but also to the church when we're trying to get ready. I want us to rise up in all our ragged glory and just give God the best we can at the moment we can. I I really appreciate the connection you've made. It it makes me, and it, it does speak to the skepticism I have of churches that are just too clean. (laughs) <laughs> right. It's, like I walk in and to the someone with a desk with nothing on it and I'm instantly, yeah, yeah, like, what, do you, what is going either on Either you're here? a psychopath or you just don't work. <laughs> or both. <laughs> or both. Yeah. But I mean, but, so yeah. you have to say, who did you have to say no to to make sure that there are no scuff marks on the walls? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. what, what ministry did you have to say, we can't do that because it may damage the building? Yep. And how many kids did you shush because they were being too visible and part of your worship service? Ugh. Yeah. Good points. Yeah. And and, and I I love that it's their time. You know, it's it's the season. This is, you know, the squirrels have gnawed their ragged entrances, but Mm -hmm. it is the season when they need shelter. 
So what shall I do? Right. And someone comes into your building mm-hmm. Sunday morning and it is the season they need shelter. Yeah. And and you have presented whatever you've presented and is it enough? I'd Right. Who knows? And you could say, Well, this this might make some of our members uncomfortable. But what right. else can we do? And yet there's there's beauty in the midst of it. Um mm. towards in the last third she writes, Beautiful is the new snow falling in the yard. Yeah. And the fox who is staring boldly up the path to the door. So all these things are not what she intends when she cleans and prepares, but still she recognizes the beauty in it. Yeah. Um I also love her connection to the to the natural world, to nature. I mean, obviously, yep. this is there's there's metaphor at work here. Clearly, mm-hmm. there's not a raccoon, a squirrel, a dog, and a cat all in the same room because otherwise there'd be cacophony and maelstrom. Um, but in this <laughs> idyllic scene that she's yeah. painted, she doesn't. It, it's almost as if she she doesn't have access to God without their presence. In a funny way. Yeah. And as such, I wonder if we have access to God in pristine, perfect church spaces. Yeah. Or if the two might be uh, exclusive in some way. Or even your own home. I mean, that idea of... Sure. The, the, uh, you just keep saying, come in, come in. And the more people you bring in, the more mess you bring in. That's or, right. Or our own lives. I mean, I've, I've swept and I've washed, but in my own life, nothing is as shining as it should be. Right. Because these things just... Occurred. When is your home ready for a visitor? Uh, when, it, when is your home ready for a visitor? Right. And uh, gosh, at the end of, not at the end, but in our COVID pandemic time, yeah. as restrictions are loosening, when will your home be ready to receive a visitor? I've been on some visits this week, mm. um, for, notably for the first time in a while, inside people's homes. And my goodness, I've gotten to the point where I have to tell people, no preparation, please. Yeah. Because I'm walking into these spaces that I get it, that it's their pleasure to labor over the space. By all means, go ahead. But you're, I'm not going to eat muffins at four different visits in a day. I'd, I'd weigh 300 pounds. I just can't do it. Please. No, not necessary. Yeah. What's necessary is you and me and God and a prayer and, mm. and we're there. Now, uh, what Charlie doesn't know is that actually I've set up an app for, for his parishioners, and what it does is it has a list of the Charlie's oh, favorite foods, and you just go ahead and, and you can click the food so you, you know what kind of preparation you can make. He doesn't have to have nasty. muffins all the time. Sometimes he likes quiche. Someday I will get even with you. <laughs> this is for your benefit, so people will have options of foods to make for you. Thanks. <laughs> Prepare nothing. All right. Um, what else do you want to say about making the house ready for the Lord? I it's I think it's grace is the big word for me in that. Yeah. That's that's the, the yeah. overreaching, overarching mm-hmm. word for that is that the grace of God. Yeah. yeah, and just keep saying, come in, come in. Mm. Uh, I, that that's the big and we're not ready. We're not ready. But and still we're to ready. Say, yeah. It reminds me of when people ask me, when, when should I, when's the right time to start having kids? Yeah. And my response is, you'll know it because it'll be precisely the wrong time to have kids. Right. I'll say this. <laughs> there are wrong times to have kids. There are times when you're like, we should not have a kid right now, but there's never sure. a right time. Yeah. No, 
no, no, you'll never get it perfect. You'll never yeah. get the house completely in order. You'll never get every wall painted. You'll never right. have You won't you know. be in the fi- place financially that you think you should be. Nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> Eventually, you're just going to have to take a step forward. Who knew that yeah. Mary Oliver was going to get us to this point? Yeah. And this is the other reason why I like using poetry mm. in faith, because a poetry speaks more abruptly and directly to the truths that it shares, mm. whereas prose, we've got to read a chapter right. to get to this kind of truth for the most part. Poetry is so much more economical and gives us such interesting images. And I've actually pivoted, Jonathan. I was going to do one poem. And now I'm going to do the one that's right across the page from this one. Mozart, comma, for example. Yeah, I like this one too. I like this poem because, anyway, I'm just going to read it and I'll tell you why I like it. All the quick notes Mozart didn't have time to use before he entered the cloud boat are falling now from the beaks of the finches that have gathered from the joyous summer into the hard winter, and like Mozart, they speak of nothing but light and delight, though it is true the heavy blades of the world are still pounding underneath. And this is what you can do too, maybe, if you live simply and with a lyrical heart in the cumbered neighborhoods, or even, as Mozart sometimes managed to, in a palace offering tune after tune after tune, making some hard-hearted prince prudent and kind just by being happy. Hmm. Mozart, for example, by Mary Oliver. This poem is... I've I've never thought of having a poem tattooed across my forehead, but this this would be a good one, just so everybody could remember to, to keep singing and and offering up song and ugh. yeah so t- say a little more about what this poem and what it says for you how it, mm. how it reaches you so again mary oliver takes a moment in time which was probably an actual moment when she noticed that the finches were were singing mm-hmm. um having gathered from the joyous summer into the hard winter um she's she's just hearing the birds and she gets this this connection. Maybe she was listening to Mozart before. Maybe she wasn't. Mm. Maybe she knows the lyrical quality of Mozart's um, melodies often dance around. Yeah. Uh, and so you get that impression of birdsong in some of Mozart's tunes if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she makes that connection between two worlds that, you know, sure there were finches at Mozart's time, but they they weren't necessarily part of his process and she contrasts it with this idea of the heavy blades of the world pounding underneath, the machinery mm. of the world grinding away, doing what it does, while the birds and the song of Mozart dance above in the air. And I love um, dichotomies like that yeah. in poetry. Um, and then she invokes, she uses it for, um, for exhortation. She says, if you can live simply and with a lyrical heart, in the cumbered neighborhoods, or even as Mozart sometimes managed to do in a palace, as soon as you get an "if you can," you know you're in the exhortation mode. Yeah. And then, and then, what's your what's your job? Just offer yeah. tune after tune after tune. What is your tune? Mm. What is your song? What 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 are you going to offer up to the world? What are you going to bring? You know, the world is a fascinating and lovely place. The Finches know it and they yeah. proclaim it all the time. But Mozart, 
created. He found the beauty and the art that he was going to offer up again and again. And as frivolous as it may seem, like the song of a finch, by the end, who knows? If he was composing in a palace, he could have had an effect on affairs of state by changing the mood of those movers of power. It's just a, Mm. the possible, for me, if the other poem is about grace, this one is about possibility. You know what I, I... I love. I like that your your reading of that. You're expanding upon that. I, this was a harder one for me, hmm. um, and it may be because I studied Mozart a little bit. <laughs> and, and as I read this, I thought, but Mozart wasn't all just light and happy. No. Uh, but so, but the more you talk about, I thought about it. You know, if you were to check out an opera that I a Mozart opera that I think captures this lightness that you're talking about, I would check out the Zabaflute. Or the magic flute, yeah, magic flute, which is—I yeah. mean—it is a light. It's a silly opera, or the Marriage of Figaro, um, which is mm-hmm. also another silly kind of opera. But you know, listen to that, and then also listen to either his Requiem or um, oh. sections of Don Giovanni, especially near the end. His, yeah, his Requiem is one of the most oh, gorgeous it, pieces it's of music, gut wrenching, and and when when yeah. you see like. The heavy blades of the world are still pounding underneath. If you play mm-hmm. both, you listen to both, you had the sense that Mozart was so aware of the pounding and gave music yeah. to that as well, but wouldn't let that hold him down as he also could write such lovely tunes as you know, mm-hmm. we find in the Magic Flute. Uh, and, yeah. And, you know, and so so it still bring this song, this singing. Uh, I, so I like that, how you expanded upon that and to call us... Not to say, I'm not going to feel sad. I'm going to ignore right. that. But to say, in the midst of it, to still sing, as, as you said, Charlie, I think, which is really good, sing your song and keep mm-hmm. singing your song. I love that. That's great. Well, this, all this and more can be yours for the cost of a single paperback book by Mary Oliver. Well, except now um, we've also said you need to listen to some music, too. Um, <laughs> well, you know, the poet comes to their poetry yeah. with with um with a life of lived experiences that, you know, I mean, Mary Mary Oliver's um, femininity mm-hmm. comes into these poems. Um, probably her her whiteness, her privilege. Yeah. Um, probably also the challenges that she faced yeah. um, in her life and relationships. Um, she certainly was. She was an an out gay woman mm-hmm. in the world. So she she was not just you know when I say white privilege, she's not just part of the privileged class either. Right. right. She straddles many different places, and she gives us um, herself. Yeah. She leaves it all on the page. And when I read a poet who leaves it all on the page, who just brings their whole heart and their wondering and mm-hmm. everything, I I get inspired, and I'm always looking for more. Poetry. So my biggest hope is we'll do this series of two episodes yeah. on Mary Oliver's Thirst. Somebody hears it, buys the book, and manages to eke out a poem of their own. Oh, that's so who knows how the world could change. So to write your own poetry. Mm. Why not? However, you don't have to show it to anybody. Yeah. If you don't like it, if you don't enjoy it, but at least try. I feel like everybody should try to write I, a poem and, at least once. And if you would like, send it. Send your poem to Twelve Enough. At gmail.com. 12 is written out. Please. We would love to read them. I mean, seriously, we would love to read your, your poetry. Yeah, definitely. Poetry is a thing that a lot of people do in secret nowadays because yeah. uh, nobody's really sure what, what else to do with it. We don't really have, uh, under COVID, we didn't have poetry readings as much. Right. Uh, poetry as a form. There are some bestsellers that are poetry lately. There's been a little yeah. uptick from a certain segment of poets. 
But uh, poetry as a thing is something that, especially for people of faith, and why I wanted to talk about it in your weekly devotional, is because it's it's inspiring. And, be, yeah. and because it's so clear uh, and, and connected to emotion, mm-hmm. uh, it, can, it can really lift you up in your connection to God. I just feel like it's a wonderful resource. I completely agree. So, uh, folks, when you read these poems, or any poem, give yourself time and don't mm-hmm. read a lot. Yeah, that's true, too. Don't, read, don't just sit and read the whole book in a row. I would highly recommend yeah. doing that. Yeah, and if you're going to try to catch up, just I, if you can do one or two poems a day mm-hmm. and, and really... I block 20 minutes for one poem at yeah. least and just read it and then sit with it. You just mm-hmm. got to sit with it. This is not, you can't read poetry quickly. And read the same poem over and over. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, they're meant to be digested over time and then read it out loud. See how yep. it sounds in your mouth. Yeah. See what it sounds like. Po- oh, poetry is a, a gift that never stops giving. That's right. Speaking of which, gifts that never stop giving, do you have a prayer? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Oh, good. Why, did you prepare one? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't step on your toes. No, I'm, no. no, no toe stepping was happened in this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to use a, a poem from Mary Oliver oh, okay, yeah. for our poems, that, for our prayer. That feels appropriate. Uh, Mary Oliver, I understand, is a poet who died in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> In case people were just tuning in, because <laughs> that's how podcasts work. I'm I'm going to uh, share the poem Percy for oh, uh, on page seventeen. That's good. It's a it's a poem of loss, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a special one, and it's about how you just, in, in my opinion, it's about how you put one foot in front of the other yeah. after a loss and what that feels like. Um, anyway, I think yeah. it's a it's gorgeous and short and beautiful. Fantastic. All right, shall we pray? Let's pray. Go ahead. Let's pray. Oh, God, we release a podcast about poetry in the midst of terrible violence in in Jerusalem, in the midst of thousands of people dying in India, in the midst of political challenges at home and abroad, in the midst of trying to open up the USA to commerce and everything else while some people are still terribly fearful. God, thank you for being with us in this moment and help us to remember when we're at these pivotal points to draw on our deepest resources, including our poets. Help us to be open to the music in their words and in our hearts. God, I'm so thankful for the opportunities to sit and be still and for those prophets that call us into those moments. There's a lot to do. A lot that we need to take care of, to tend to, to see to. But none of that is as important as just being still and listening and listening. And now for Mary Oliver, Percy, four. I went to church. I walked on the beach and played with Percy. I answered the phone and paid the bills. I did the laundry. I spoke her name a hundred times. I knelt in the dark and said some holy words. I went downstairs. I watered the flowers. I fed Percy. Amen. Amen. Well, again, we encourage you to, to pick up the book if you can, or you go to the library, or you know, yeah. you know, just read some poems by Mary Oliver. Yeah, you can also go to Poetry 
Foundation. Is that what it's called? I think poetry. so. Poetry.org. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many online sites where you can find her poetry as well. One advantage of poetry is um, a lot of it gets put out into the public as a resource for you to use without having to buy the book. Yeah. So if you're strapped and not in a position to buy a book right now, that's fine. You yeah. can still find poetry. Excellent. All right, everyone, be well. Have a good week. Have a good Pentecost, everyone. Indeed. Enjoy. Peace. Peace. Kitchen Table Spirituality is a part of the 12 Enough Network. Your hosts are Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and Charlie Eastman, the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. We hope that you enjoyed this show. Let us know how you enjoyed the show by liking and reviewing the show on iTunes or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. You can find the show notes for this at 12enough.com, and you can talk to us. I mean, talk to us in person or via email, really, at 12enough at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. I think I found a new hiking partner.